Luke chapter 4. And we'll begin our reading together in verse number 1. Let me give you some jokes here tonight. These are uh, from my joke calendar. I have a joke every day. Most of them are not even worthy to read, but uh, these are the ones that make the cut, and they're bad, and they made the cut, so you could imagine the ones that didn't make the cut. Do I enjoy making courthouse puns? Guilty. What does a sprinter eat before a race? Nothing. They fast. Where do fruits go on vacation? Paris. Pear. Paris. How does, a, how does a taco say grace? Let us pray. There you go. <laughs> Let us pray. Where do horses live? In neighborhoods. That one's terrible. <laughs> what was the shy pebble's wish? That he would be a little bolder. See, that's cute. Okay, here's one. Shout out to my fingers. I can count on all of them. Uh, what is white, furry, and has wheels? A roller bear. I don't really get that one, but I had to choose one of them. <laughs> I once got fired from a canned juice company. Apparently, I couldn't concentrate. I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. It's impossible to put down. I decided to sell my vacuum cleaner. It was just gathering dust. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. And you're like, praise the Lord for that. <laughs> What's browned and sticky? A stick. Sticky, okay. Luke chapter 4, wow. Terrible. Luke chapter 4, verse number 1. The Bible says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them that is delivered unto me, and to whomever I will I, will I give it. And thou therefore, wilt thou worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from 
from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Let's pray together. Lord, help us as we study your word tonight. Give us understanding and grace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we think about the idea of God is greater than our sin, I want us to think about this topic tonight for just a couple of moments, uh, and that is the topic of temptation. Now, uh, temptations will come, and temptation is not sin. We understand that because Jesus is without sin, and he was tempted of the devil 40 days. Uh, but the devil is good at what he does. And when temptations come, we have to have a plan of retreat. You know, Satan does not want us as believers to experience uh, victory. And we know that the devil is constantly, as the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he, he's seeking whom he may devour. And, and so he's out there and he's looking He's, a, he's a, a devouring lion. He's an enemy that's looking for prey. And, uh, and, and there'll be times in our life when the devil will knock on that door. And, and so we have to be prepared in how we're going to answer the temptation. Now, I think it's also important to understand that not all of the sin can be blamed on the devil. Uh, sometimes we... Uh, have the idea, well, the devil made me do it. Temptation comes, but we make the choice to yield to temptation. It's like the person who said one time, I can say, uh, I can say no to anything except for temptation. Now, the reality is temptation will come, but we have to be ready to battle that temptation. And so in, in our text here, uh, Satan comes to Jesus. And he's tempting Jesus. Now, we know that due to the union of natures in Christ, that Jesus is God, there was no possible way that Jesus would give in to the temptations of Satan. The Bible says that it's impossible for God to lie. God cannot lie. God cannot sin. He is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And because Jesus is God, we know that Jesus could not commit sin. And yet we have in the scripture, I believe, a wonderful pattern for us, a wonderful example for us as we seek a way out of temptation and as we seek the Lord when temptations come into our life. Now notice the Bible says in our text here that, that Jesus was led of the Spirit or he followed obediently the will of God, the Father, for his life. In fact, Luke says here that he was filled with the Spirit. Now, we know that Jesus is holy God and holy man. And as a man, he chose to depend upon the Spirit's guiding and leading in his life. And I believe that's for our example, because that's how the Christian life is to be lived. Jesus is the only one who ran the race the Christian race perfectly in every way. That's why the Bible tells us 
that we're to look onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so we find that he is yielding to the Spirit of God in this passage of Scripture as the devil or Satan comes, our adversary comes to tempt him. Now, I think it's also important to understand what the word tempt there or tempt it means. It means to try or to test or to entice with evil. And there's no way that the devil could be successful in his temptations if we didn't already have in our heart that appetite for sin. I want us to go to the book of James. Would you turn there? And I think we can get a better idea of this, of what temptation is and how it happens. James chapter 1, and notice what the Bible says in verse 13. James chapter 1 and verse number 13. James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. Because we have our flesh present with us wherever we go, there is that enticing feature of temptation. And this is what the devil uses. Remember, the name devil means slanderer. And so this is what he uses to try to tempt us. Why does the devil tempt us? Because he wants to ruin our testimony for Christ. He wants to ruin our testimony. He wants to ruin uh, our desire to serve the Lord, to follow the Lord, and so he's there to tempt us. And so let's look at this passage of Scripture and learn some truths for our lives tonight. Number one, I want us to notice the pattern of the tempter. Now notice how Satan tempts our Savior in this passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 4. First of all, there's the temptation of the flesh. Verse 3, look what the Bible says. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Now, why did the devil say that? Why did the devil tell Jesus to make the stones bread? Why was that a temptation? Well, Jesus was hungry. He was hungry. He was tired. He was exhausted. He had had been in the hot, barren, Judean wilderness. He was hungry. And so he is tempting his flesh because Jesus is holy man. He, he, he is holy God, but also holy man. He, 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 is, he is hungry. He's tired. As a man, he's hungry. And so Satan comes along and he says, you know what? If you're hungry, you're God. Why don't you make these stones bread? You know you can do it. I know you can do it. Why don't you do it? And this is what Satan does. Satan comes to us when we are tired. Satan comes to us when we are hungry. Satan comes to us when we're sick. And he tempts us. It's like the lady who was on a diet for several months and she was sick and tired of it. And she said, Lord, if you can't make me skinny, then make all my friends fat. (laughs) 
and, and, and Satan is there, and he's there to tempt us when we're tired. And at these times, we're, we're vulnerable to his temptations. And Jesus was in this position. And Satan desired in this scripture that Christ would, mis, would misuse his power. Think about this for just a moment. There's nothing wrong with bread. Bread is good. I mean, homemade bread, bacon in the oven, it's not sinful. Maybe if, if you eat like 10 loaves, I guess you might cross a line, but there's nothing wrong with bread in itself. But the power of the Lord Jesus was not to be used on himself and his, his, his uh, appetite. The power of the Lord Jesus was to be used to demonstrate his deity to others. To show others that he is the true Messiah. That he is God. The Bible says in Matthew 26 and verse 42, uh, the Bible, Jesus said, If this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. The, the, the desire of the Lord Jesus was to follow the Father's pathway. The Father's desire, His will. Jesus said unto them in John 4, 34, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. And so at the point when Jesus was tired, this is when the devil comes. And so there's a temptation of the flesh. And, and you know what I'm talking about because we've all been there. When we're at our very weakest, there's the knock on the door. Let me give you a second thought here. The temptation of ambition. Look what the Bible says in verse 5. And the devil, taking him up uh, into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Let me ask you this question. What is the greatest desire of Lucifer himself? To be God. To be worshipped as God. And, and here he says to Jesus, God, if you worship me, I'll give you everything. He's the prince of the power of this world. And I'll give it all back to you if you worship me. I think we find in this passage of Scripture the temptation of ambition. I heard the story of a young attorney who started his first practice. And uh, he was ambitious and excited to, uh, about a, a great start for, for his law firm, and his phones were not hooked up yet, but he quickly just picked up a phone. He heard footsteps, and so he picked up a phone, and, and um, you know, he's looking dignified as this person is walking in, and he's saying, yes, this is Attorney Jones. You know, I, I got to be in the courtroom tomorrow, and you need to make sure you get those papers. And, and the man walks into the office, and, and he looks at him and says, can I help you, sir? And the man says, yeah, I'm here to hook up your phone. <laughs> You know, we, we have these ambitions in our life, but the, the, the ambition of Jesus was to seek and to save the lost. 
And that was his ambition. This would only be done through the blood of the cross. Now think about this. One of the works of the cross was to destroy the work of the devil. And it was not going to be accomplished by the devil handing it over to Jesus. It was going to be accomplished through his death. And Jesus knew that. And Satan said, you don't even have to die on the cross. You don't even have to, you don't even have to go through with it. All you have to do is worship me. Now, of course, this temptation was on the basis of Satan's temporary power in this world. We know that God is the true king of kings and Lord of lords. The Bible says in John 14, 30, Hereafter, I will not talk much about you, for the prince of this world cometh, says Jesus, and have nothing in me. Satan has taken many godly Christians to a mountain and offered them the power and prestige of this world if they follow his plan if they follow his direction. And yet the Bible makes it clear, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it is not of the Father, but is of the world. You know, Satan will tempt with wealth and success and fame, and position. But we have to understand that not every promotion or every opportunity or every open door is always from God. And so we find in this passage of Scripture the temptation of ambition. I want us to look at, thirdly, the temptation of pride and sensationalism. The temptation of pride and sensationalism. Someone said, be not proud of the race, the place, the face, or grace. You know, pride is a, a powerful pull in all of our lives. I heard about the salesman who closed hundreds of deals by saying to his clients, let me show you something several of your neighbors said you couldn't afford. You know, pride is something that's always present. And we're always battling it. We're always fighting it. Jesus is at the pinnacle of the temple, some 70 feet above the, the Kedron Valley. And, and here it's also important to note in our text that what do we find Satan doing? He's quoting Scripture. Just because someone quotes Scripture doesn't mean it's of God. Just because a book says it's Christian doesn't always mean it is. And Satan's quoting Scripture to Jesus. He's saying, why don't you jump down? I've read in Scripture that if you do that, your angels will catch you. They won't even let your foot smash up against a stone. You could show all of the world that you are the Messiah the Savior. But it's important to note that God's way of redemption was not sensationalism, but through the cross. Certainly the Jews would receive him as Messiah if he were caught up by the angels. But Christ did not come merely to stir the emotions. 
He came to speak the truth. But also I, I see in this scripture that Christ did not come merely not only to stir emotions, but the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. I see in this passage of Scripture that Christ came the way of the cross to save all of those who would by faith trust in him. Not to make a spectacle, not to make a show, but by faith trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And we see in the Scripture here this temptation of pride this temptation of sensationalism. Number two, I want us to think about the power of the Scriptures. So how does Jesus, our example, how does he go one-on-one against Lucifer himself? How does he battle the devil? Well, a couple of things. First of all, the Bible promises for us a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 says, There have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above all that ye are able, but, with, uh, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 10, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I think the way to escape is the word of God. I think the example in this passage of Scripture that Jesus gives to us in Luke 4, verse 4, And Jesus said unto him, saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone in Luke 4, 8. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And Jesus answered and said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Each of the responses of our Savior is a portion of Scripture. And this is, this is vital. Man shall not live by bread alone. Deuteronomy chapter 8 in verse number 3. Uh, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Uh, uh, this Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 16. So Jesus battles the devil by quoting the Word of God. And there's power in the Word of God. And there's authority in the Word of God. And so when we are in that that time of temptation, it's so important for us to have the Word of God hid in our hearts that we would not sin against the Lord. And I I think this, if you have a besetting sin, and, and the Bible, the writer of Hebrews says that we all have weights and besetting sins, all of us have sins that that we struggle with and temptations that we struggle with. There's temptations that Satan could throw at me and I wouldn't blink an eye. That doesn't bother me at all. I would laugh it off. But other temptations that Satan would throw at me and I would have to fight it. I would struggle. And the same is for you. I think we should have 
Scripture ready for those temptations. If you already know in your heart your own besetting sin, then you should have Scripture ready for when Satan knocks on your door, whether you're sick, whether you're tired, whether you're hungry, whatever your state is, you can battle the devil one-on-one. Hide God's Word in your heart that you wouldn't sin against the Lord. And so we find in this passage of Scripture the power and the authority of the Word of God as Jesus uses it to battle uh, the devil. And then thirdly, and I'll be done tonight, the promises uh, to be uh, to the tempted. The promises to the tempted. And, and I think that the promises are, are straightforward. As I already mentioned, first of all, there's victory in the Word of God. There's victory in the Word of God. Jesus saith unto him, saying, It is written that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, our Baptist distinctives, as Baptists, we believe the authority of Scriptures. We believe that our opinion ends where God's Word begins, and we place the authority in what God says for us each and every day. But to believe the Bible is our authority and to claim that authority for our life are two different things. And so we need to take the Word of God and use it we're going to be talking about in, in later lessons, Sunday mornings, as we look at the armor of God, we're going to look at the sword of the Spirit. And it's the only offensive weapon we have as Christians. Everything else is defensive. And he gives us one weapon, and it's all we need, is the Word of God to hold in our hand. And it's what we use to swing at the devil when he comes forcing at us. It's what we use to throw at the devil when he comes to tempt us. There is victory in the Word of God. But also, I think this, this is important, not only is there victory in the Word of God, there is victory in submitting to God. There is victory in submitting to God. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. A little girl was asked how to deal with temptation, and this is what she said. She said, when Satan comes knocking at the door of my heart, I just send Jesus to answer. (laughs) That's a good response. I just send Jesus the answer. We need to submit to the Lord, and uh, we need to resist the devil and, and his temptations. You know, a lot of people... A lot of Christians fall into temptations because they don't make a plan for success. In fact, I would be so bold to say that many make plans for disaster. The Bible says, make no provision for your flesh. I heard the story of a a father who said to his son, don't swim in the canal. And the boy said, okay, dad. But he came home carrying a wet bathing suit that evening. Where you've been, demanded the father, swimming in the canal, answered the boy. Didn't I tell you not to swim there, asked the father. Yes, sir, answered the boy. Then why did you, he said. Well, dad, he explained, I had my bathing suit with me and I couldn't resist the temptation. Well, why did you bring your bathing suit with you, he questioned. So I'd be prepared to swim in case I was tempted. (laughs) 
And that's often how we as Christians think. We make provision for our flesh. And the Bible teaches us that we cannot. We cannot. The devil is wiser and stronger than us. We must resist him. We must claim the word of God as the authority in our life because there is victory in resisting Satan. If you don't want a rotten apple, then get out of the devil's orchard. If you don't want a rotten apple, get out of the devil's orchard. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion. He's walking about, he walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And too often we say maybe when we really should say no. You know, the great news of this passage of Scripture is verse 13. The Bible says that Satan departed from Jesus. Temptations are not here the last, but wait a minute. The Bible says he left for a season. Satan will be back again for round number two, for round number three, for round number four. He's relentless. And so what do we do? Well, what do we do is we stand firm in the truths of the word of God. We resist the devil, we claim the word of God, and we submit ourselves to the Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, verse 15, for we wrestle, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When you're tempted, run to Jesus, submit to him, claim his word, and he'll give you a way to get out of there. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Help us, Lord.